I love people's stories. Stories are what I believe bring the human connection in all of us. I love sitting down and hearing about what makes you tick, discovering what makes you happy, what gets you excited, what is so awesome and special about who you are that makes us different and yet unifies us at the same time. This is my journey, talking to some of my favorite people to find out what makes them excited, what they love, what they do, but more importantly, who they are. I'm always searching for your stories that are so rarely told. So this is a show about adventure, experiences, growth, and what we can all learn from these stories. I'm Charles McFall and this, well, this is Finding the Stories. Oh, I love today's episode. It's Jay Adabaje, Naru, the nerd guru. He's on Nerds from Work at nerdsfromwork.com, Nija Nerds, the NijaNerds.com. He is a prince of a man from Nigeria, and I love him. <laughs> he actually, ah, that comes out. I'm going to let you get to it. That comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we get into the path to building an empire and talk about that. We talk about where he comes from in Nigeria and how he ended up where he is today. We come across some points that I even fail to realize in my own life of how we fail in our hustle sometimes, but we also fail to hustle as we get complacent. We talk about so many different things. I just want you to get to the interview here, so I'm going to let it go, except for one more thing. I want you to know, I do know there is a difference in the sound quality and the difference really is a loud, quiet level thing. I did the best I could to, to fix it. I know how to record better next time. And it is there. It's not too bad. You'll get past it. Go on, jump into the story. Listen to this great story from Jay Adabaje. So what you really need to work on this summer then is, is making them a playhouse. That's just yeah. close enough to the Wi-Fi that's slow, but they can still do their schoolwork out there and put them out, right. out in the yard to do their schoolwork. Yeah. Little cabin in the back. That's that's it. Go. Just go work over there. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so man, I, I don't. I, I know you. I don't. I don't know you that well. I want to know more. And I know we had a, a conversation not long ago. That mm-hmm. I learned more about why you create, what your vision is for the future, what you want to do. Um, none of us saw podcasting and digital media coming. Right as no. we grew up. So one of the things I've been kind of asking people is, not everybody I talk to is in digital media. There's all kind of things, but you, you are, are pushing digital media. Well, I don't even know if you can talk about it. What do you do for a living? <laughs> I started out in sales, actually. Um, well, let's put it this way: back in Nigeria, I had a career at working for the government in in uh, what you might call the IRS. But it was one of those positions where you're just so dying. you sent emails. From a dude in Nigeria asking for money. Is that is that literally what you were just telling me? I was doing that legitimately, Bill. Stop it. <laughs> so my job was to actually oh communicate to people, letting them know that it was tax time. And also for those who signed up to uh, register their companies to pay taxes, I was the guy who signed their, their um, receipts okay. whenever they did. So my signature is on a lot of people's tax receipts right now in terms of uh, the local value-added taxes they collected, okay. well, at least back in the day. Then this is the interesting part. I started working so early that I actually put in 10 years and retired. 
So okay, so I did all that. Right. You look like you're about 27 right now. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> How old are you? 42. Holy crap, man! Yep. <laughs> Damn. Whatever, know, you, know, whatever yeah. you're doing, I need some of that. Uh, okay, I have no clue what I'm doing. Listen, the funniest part of my whole situation for me is the fact that I, honest to God, had what I call a second puberty about five years ago. That's the first time I started growing facial hair because I just wasn't, I just never was growing anything all my life. And then I'm looking at 40 and suddenly I start growing facial hair. I'm like, oh, about damn time. (laughs) You know, I already got the girl, already got the kids and suddenly I got the facial hair, which was kind of weird. But Okay. Long story short, coming to the U.S., I currently work for a company um, that's an application development company. We produce, we have a platform that lets people build applications without needing to know how to code. So it's called no code um, or low code. So if you need to build an app for an enterprise type application that usually would cost several hundred thousand dollars, you could use our platform and do it for a little less. For for one hundred thousand dollars, that's several hundred thousand. More or less, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So now are you in sales there? Are you working with the coding part? What are you doing? That's a fun question for me. Um, because we kind of operate in the U.S. like a scale up, like a startup that's kind of growing okay. and we end up wearing multiple hats. So I do work in sales. I sign up partners, but I also work as a scrum master with the sales team because our whole company has implemented uh, what's called scrum methodology across the board. So I'm a scrum master and I'm also a product owner. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I'm doing so many different things because they need it done. And I'm the yeah. kind of guy who doesn't see stuff and leave it alone. I'm like, okay, we need to do this. We need someone to do this. All right, fine. I'll do it. And that's now, that doesn't married. mean that... That does, yeah, right. <laughs> I wish it meant I earned three paychecks, but it doesn't. Yeah, no. So, yeah, yeah. small companies, it's it, it gets you a lot of appreciation, which that's about as far as I guess. So. It does, it does. So that, right. that's 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 my day job, and that's fun actually. And the thing for me about work is, I like my work to be stuff I enjoy because if I'm going to spend all this time with people, I got to enjoy the people I work with. Otherwise, I just can't do it. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way. That's why I like to work with myself. I'm the only person I like in this world. Um, <laughs> <it's>, true. <laughs> that's not true, but close. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So now back to the question is, you know, I know I grew up with, with making mixtapes off the radio, not just music I wanted, but, you know, doing the DJ thing and, and making tapes for girls and like, and this next song makes me think about how pretty your eyes are. <laughs> you know, on WMMCF right now, you know, whatever. And, and did you, what, what, did you ever have that inclination? Were you always that person? Okay. So I also grew up in the church. So I was the preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. I was always in front of people. Did you always have that inclination? Were you the one telling the stories and getting in there and share, you know, entertaining people, making, what, what was your, what's your background right. to, for that? I was never the entertaining kid. Like, it's ironically, I was always the guy kind of in the background, like the second person. Like, I actually had this thought one time that I might just grow up to write a book called um, How to Be a Great Number Two. <laughs> because <laughs> I just never, I just, I've, I've never been the guy who craves the limelight, but at the same time ends up getting pushed into the spotlight because of the things I do. Okay. And you could say, like, growing up, I was the guy who could talk and, you know, kind of hold a room if I had to, but 
I'd always defer to somebody else who was doing it first. Like if he was talking, all right, fine, you talk. But if no one was talking, I'd fill in the gaps. I was the guy who didn't, I never liked the awkward silences. So I typically would find something to bring up. Um, I also enjoyed pulling people together to just hang out and do stuff. So when we, um, for me, I guess my journey into <clears throat> digital media as it is kind of started, <laughs> this is interesting, with me getting frustrated with my career choices back in the day. I thought, I don't think I'm maximizing who I am. I don't think I'm taking every opportunity out there. And I used to listen to the guys on the radio and think, I can do that. I mean, I can do that. Sure, I can do this. So one day I walked into a local radio station and asked for a job. <laughs> and they said, they thought I was there to buy advertising. So they kept sending me further down the road till I was standing in front of somebody who could say yes. Yeah. And then that person realized, wait a second, he's asking to come work here. Cause I kept asking to be put on air and they were thinking I wanted to oh, buy right, time right, to yeah. put on air. So, um, you know, little subtle difference, but important at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Eventually, the person was so bemused by the idea of this, they just introduced me to one of their on-air presenters and said, hey, you know, give him a shot. So she invited me on her show. So I co-hosted just like a, like a she did, did, did a quick test right there. And then I co-hosted with her that evening. And I was asked to come back and I did another. And then next thing I knew, I was actually hosting a radio show. They gave me a radio show to host. How old were you? Um, at the time, I was, this was actually later, I was about 29, okay. I think. Yeah, but I had never really thought of doing this seriously. It was just something I just did. And, and, and now, when did you come to the States? I moved to the States, let's see, that was 2014. Uh, so I would probably put that at, this was about. Three, three, four. Yeah, more or less. No, my point is this was about, um this the, the the time gap between when I started working on the radio and moved to the states was probably about seven years. Okay, because this was this happened in two thousand and seven, I think it was. Okay, so two thousand and six, seven, and that was my first experience speaking to the public and actually just being out there, putting myself out there in that capacity. But before that, kind of similar to you, um, I didn't grow up in church, but I did become a Christian later on in life. Initially, was a Muslim kid. And then became a Christian. And I was part of this group that was putting together shows. Like we put together shows as a way to draw people to our faith and say, okay, this is what we did. So we put on these events and nobody seemed to want to get up to keep things moving. So I became the default MC. I was the guy sure. who jumped up and take the mic and say, okay, next up, this is what we got. And then just keep things moving. And that was really the first time I realized I could kind of hold a crowd, hold an audience and hold their attention for more than five minutes. Right. Yeah. And that one thing led to another. And then I thought I could probably do this and get paid. And then I jumped into radio where they ironically didn't pay me a dime. <laughs> told me to build. Yeah. It was like, you know, well, we're going to give you a show. You know, you can build your own popularity and figure out ways to make money yeah, off of this. And then sponsorships and stuff, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And I did that for long enough to realize that I was on the verge of, let's just say I kind of did some stuff I shouldn't have done and found myself on the verge of putting my, future marriage <laughs> in jeopardy because i was about to get married that year and yeah, eventually hey, just you, you you filthy dog yo listen i'm just saying like it was not a, it was not i made some bad choices and eventually pulled back from that and just focused on being a family man just okay business and family until i moved to the u.s that's oh now it's just all women all the time i got you 
Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, and it's interesting when you meet somebody, you know, where and when you meet them is how you see them and perceive them. And that's actually been one of the multiple things that's run through the interviews I've had is how I've mm-hmm. met people and how I see them. Like, well, no, I'm not like that. I was like, no, you don't understand. When I met you, that's exactly how you were like. And that's going forward right. how I see you and how you're going to be. And shut up, let me be right because it's a better vision than you have of yourself. But, you know, I, I look at you. I look at you. And, I love that. Shut up, let me be right. Yeah. I know you better than yeah. you. This is who you really are. Yeah. What I do mean, you know? It's like, why would you want to argue with me? You think what you're doing is crap. I think what you're doing is great. Be great. Shut right. up. Um, but uh, uh, do you have a bobblehead of yourself? Because I do. Uh, anyway, I, that's weird flex. But no, meeting you. So, yeah, I see you, you're a facilitator. I, I'll talk about how I first saw you uh, later on, like literally the first time I really saw you do your thing. But meeting you now, you're quiet, you're happy, you're family. I would not ever think you almost didn't get married. Like you're that guy, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm not asking you to share the dirty details, but, you know, you are in front of the laundry room, I'm just saying. You know, and it could be, you know, that's just not who you are now. And that's the difference, you know, when you you evolve and change, right? Right. The crazy part was I'd probably say that wasn't even who I was then. There's people who would be shocked to hear that. But, you know, sometimes you put yourself in circumstances that just challenge you in ways you're not used to being challenged and putting yourself out there in ways that you're not used to dealing with. And that's why I'm these days I'm very understanding of a lot of people's um, flaws because you just never know how you would react in those exact circumstances. You know, like just because you think you'd be strong to handle a circumstance doesn't mean you're right. So I'm very open to understanding, you know, how other people react to things. I I, kind of disagree with that a little bit. I think if we truly become or try to become self-aware and we, that means accepting that you're going to make dumb decisions. Like, Oh, I never can Mm. kill somebody. I know anybody can kill anybody in the right circumstances. Right. You wouldn't like it. There'd be trauma. There'd be negativity. There'd be all kind of horribleness to it, but you absolutely Mm. could do it. Um, and, and, uh, I mean, I, ever since I was a kid, I had weird thoughts and stuff. I, well, I thought they were weird until later in life ago. No, I'm just, I was always somewhat self-aware of who I am. Right. And so you're, you're, I'm going to talk about cheating for a second. You know, I literally, I, I think about a million things. I believe in multiple universes. I think there's different paths we can take. And, and that's a conversation we can have whenever. <laughs> but, but just even in possibilities and mindsets, right? I think about what would happen to if, what would happen to if, and I'm always thinking different mini tracks also because I've got some ADD going on. I think about, about five things at once all the time. And mm-hmm. I remember, specifically remember, um, working, I was working in the ambulance, on the ambulance in the field for a long time and mm-hmm. just darkness, not all darkness, but just hard times. Never once thought about cheating on my wife. I mean, I could have had women throwing themselves at me and I wouldn't have known it. It was like, you no, know, trying to be happy at home. I'm trying to balance work. It's a hard life. You know, I'm young, I'm naive, I'm learning all these world lessons. So when I got to an office, things were slower, easier, and, uh, you know, there's this girl around. And I never was interested in her, but it got me on a mindset of thinking about, well, what would happen right. if I cheated on my wife? And I got there. I mean, so I let my mind, and that's what we, I, that's where I disagree. I don't think we let our minds go down those paths of, mm-hmm. well, okay, because I'm afraid, oh, don't think about it. Oh, don't talk about it. That's what, No. You think it out, and then, I mean, I just was brutally honest with myself, and, and I was like, yeah, there's no scenario on Earth, now that I've thought it out, there's no scenario on Earth that would jeopardize the actual 
meaningfulness that happened in my marriage and who she was to me and how she helped me become a better me and all this other stuff. Right. And I think what you're saying is when you get in these situations where you challenge yourself in ways you never see, it's because we don't do that path right in our brain. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of that. Uh, I think in my specific situation at the time, and the reason why I said, you know, that was not even who I was at the time was because I had crafted this self-image, this person of who I was and this awareness of who I was. And I had only put myself in certain circumstances. And it wasn't until I got frustrated with those circumstances, I thought, you know what? Become, because I was the guy, literally, I'm the guy who growing up and even for many years after that would have guys later on and even people later on say i tried to you know this girl tried to throw herself at you or make herself available to you and i was just i had blinded oh, yeah. i was so yeah, focused absolutely. didn't see a thing so i'm with you there but until i got to the point where i was like i was now frustrated with my choices and thinking i may be making the wrong choices for myself then i started looking around at everything that's when i'm like i want to go on the radio i want to write a book i want to do business i want to why am i in this dead-end job you know all these things i'm thinking start to play out and then you start seeing potential and possibility everywhere that's when you know certain things happen but even after that when i you know that whole period i swear to you lasted six months at the end of six months i'm like i'm actually happy with who i am i'm satisfied with what i built and the direction i was going with this relationship is where i want to be and i go back and i'm like listen sorry about this and i come clean this is everything i have done in the last few months broke her heart the only time i've ever made her you know put my wife in that position where she felt terrible but after that we built something really strong and i've never looked back like it's never yeah. even crossed my mind to look back since then and it's been very well, interesting you fled because the country, of that so you know well, there is that. <laughs> I will say this. I did come to America. There's a lot more pickings here than they were there. Every shade and color, my brother. <laughs> and, you, and you came to the South where you have the best women. So you're um, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, what advice? Uh, you have kids, right? Yeah. What advice mm -hmm. will you give their kids when they start becoming dating age and, and and you see them kind of doing some of the same, at least in spirit, some of the same things you were doing. Oh, that's a good question. Um, interestingly enough, my daughter's nine and she's at that age now where you become boy aware, you become aware of the other sex and start sure. thinking stuff. And also they become aware. Like if I wasn't aware that they were aware, suddenly <laughs> certain, certain things have hit home. Like, hey, this happened. Or this person was trying to, you know, ask me this. And they're like, wait a second, what's going on here? So in my conversations with them today, I'm just focused on being available and open and, you know, letting them know that you want to talk about this, I'm here. So we do have those conversations. My wife has the same conversations. But as far as advice that I would give them, like I'm trying to project into the future and say, what would I tell them? I'd still say the same stuff I, I, I used to say to um, other young kids around that time, like stay focused on what you really want out of life. Like there's, there's yeah. always going to be time. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's always going to be time for passion, you know, but the important thing is stay focused on what you really want out of life. And you'll be surprised to find that in the course of walking in that direction, you're going to find others heading the same route as you. And you guys can become partners on this journey. But if you're just, if you deviate from your journey to facilitate or to just enjoy something with somebody else, you're always going to get frustrated, you know, be frustrated by the fact that you never completed your journey or you went off track. So as long as you're on the path to becoming and discovering and also, um, well, not accepting, um, doing everything that you plan, you want to do and become, get out of life, 
it's always better when you can do that and still have the person with you, which is one of the reasons why I really, the, the conversation you and I had one time where you talk about, you know, running stuff by your wife, I realized yeah. I was really doing a lot of everything I was doing, the nerd side of me, everything I was doing with the nerds from work, um, you know, stuff I was talking to guys about Niger nerds. I wasn't doing as much talking to my wife about that. And I realized that was a mistake. That was a mistake because she wants, she's going to want to know what I'm doing anyway. So why am I just doing this like off the cuff, you know? And since then it's been a lot more fruitful and, and more fulfilling for me to get the affirmation from her <laughs> about some of the stuff Good. that I thought was juvenile, but she's like, yes, that's you. That's what you enjoy doing. That's cool. You know, do it. Yeah. Good. Sometimes I'm the one who forgets Good. stuff and she reminds me, I thought you said you wanted to do this. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Last yeah. thing I want is to be held accountable over my fun stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's how that's how you you build an empire, right? That's how you you build what you want really? and go where you want. Never yeah, knew yeah. that. Uh, you, you what? Well, you didn't know you built an empire based off just doing what you love and being who you are and having people believe and support you. I had no clue. I'm right, kidding. Well. No, but <laughs> it's one of those things that you hear, but you keep wondering, like kind of like how steve jobs said something one time about how you only connect the dots looking backwards sure it almost sounds like you build empires by mistake you know what yeah, i mean yeah i don't think anybody, against being purposeful i i don't think you mentioned steve jobs one of my heroes oprah winfrey one of my heroes jim henson one of my heroes three three people mm -hmm. i try to emulate and i don't think any any of them set out to build an empire none of them right they set out to for various reasons in various ways to just be them and by by ultimately saying you know, screw the world, this is who I am, and I'm just going to do it with a and that I mean that comes that you hear all motivational speakers say you know oh, what would you, Gary Vaynerchuk what would you do at three in the morning you know that right. you know blah blah when you have to get up at six a.m. Uh, other people say uh, if you had all the money in the world blah 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 you know you hear that but it really is trying to figure out what you love and those those three examples I gave no I mean they didn't they I don't think Oprah Winfrey you know as a young person wanting to be a, a, a news reporter and a weather girl whatever you know the path that she was taking in chicago i don't think she ever sat one day i'm gonna have a media empire and be the right i would argue one of the most influential women in history you know right. or at least in american history right you know um but yet here we are because she always kept following what she loved and mm -hmm. um i mean yeah you don't really think about it and i dude i fall off that path all the time all the time. I always start thinking, I always start doing stuff I think I need to do instead right. of doing stuff I love. You know, like streaming. I love playing video games, right? I like having an audience to talk to. But mm. if I'm solo, I hate it. You know, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't mesh because I like doing this, getting stories, right. and, and talk. And, you know, the only way I can play a game and do this is if I'm playing a game that I don't have to focus on. Right, right, but then it kind of takes right. me out of playing the game, right? Right. So, yeah. so I, I've tried all kind of ways to stream. It's just I have found some ways that are fun, but early on, it was just a failure. What have you failed at, man? What What is something you thought you should do, but it just didn't take off? No matter Ooh. you had the recipe. How much time you got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I failed at. I have failed at so many things. I failed at book writing. I, I, I can't, how many times I've thought I'm going to write a novel, like going to write a great, big, great book. And then just discovering how much work goes into that. I'm like, oh crap, this is, this is yeah. um, hard. I'm also a master procrastinator. Okay. I haven't failed at that. I'm, I'm pretty 
experts. I'm pretty expert. If you need anyone needs tips on how to procrastinate with style, hit me up. That, <laughs> that's your first ebook, Master Procrastination, and they open up the first chapter. I'm going to get to it later. And that's it. Right. That's the whole ebook right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'll probably work. I should probably do that. Probably charge and tell people that every 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 penny from this is donated to something. Yeah, it becomes a bestseller. We'll do that. <laughs> Donate eventually. That's a good one. <laughs> no, but I, I have failed at various business ventures, failed at um because back in the t- at the day, my whole thing was I was gonna make a lot of money just so and that's the crazy part. Moving to the US actually dulled my entrepreneurial drive because the US has a um it has this very interesting way where you can live and let live. You can you can find something to do that pays your bills and you're fine. Like you can be content. Oh yeah. Uh, do I say the cake is a lie? Yeah, you can be content with middle class and just being middle without necessarily driving towards anything. And everything else that you do want to drive towards becomes like a hobby or something you do on the side. It never really. It becomes loses a priority. Thing. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So the U.S. has been interesting for me in that it's giving me peace. But at the same time, I had a friend come visit and he's like, you're different. And I said, what do you mean? He said, back in the day, you had you had so many hustles you were trying to do. And I had to be honest and realize all those hustles were stuff I wanted to do just to make money so I wouldn't have to do shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So I want to do a lot of things so I can make a lot of money so I don't have to do anything, which is just dumb when you stop to think about that but um in terms of business yeah I've, i feel a lot of things some of them are, aren't relevant to this conversation but at this point in my life what i am trying to do is fail and this is going to sound like i'm just just like a paradox i'm trying to fail at failing yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like all the things like I've, I, I'm, I'm taking inventory of things I've tried to do and trying to figure out why I didn't succeed or why I didn't accomplish them. And they're going on to list like the to-do list or the, okay, adopt or modify, adapt this to something better, evolve this into something better list. Because I believe in failing forward. And I think, when you try something and it doesn't quite work, there's always a chance for you to figure out what from this can I take and apply to something in the future. And I think if I can bring all of those things together, Steve Jobs never became a master calligraphist, but he tied that into, you know, building fantastic fonts for Apple products. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like, what are the things I've tried, things I've learned? What are the skills I've put, brought brought to to pass um skills i've acquired that i think i can use and bring something new to pass you know that sort of thing like even in my current place of work i once started i i thought of changing careers two years ago started learning how to do a particular skill and then dropped it and then one day in my office they're like hey we're going to hire someone new to do this and i'm like i actually learned to do that a while ago (laughs) really okay can you do it Sure. And did that's how I started doing it. Right. <laughs> I, I did. I did get a raise for that. I yeah, will say that. But, you, you know, but the point being, that's failing forward. That's taking something that you used to do yeah, that okay. you never finish okay. and applied it to something to the future. So I'm taking inventory of stuff I try to do, you know, whether it was uh, becoming at one point back in the day, I used to sit down with my old cassette recorder. For those who know what cassettes are, we do. Yeah. And I used to record, I used to do voice work, just basically um, read the entire like 
you know the Tintin comic books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would read like Tintin, um, Tintin in Tibet. I read the I read the entire book into a cassette tape front and back, and listen to it, see how well I sounded, how good I sounded. At the time, I had no clue that there was a thing called audiobooks. <laughs> you know, yeah. just had no clue. But I just thought this would be a great idea. You know, do this and try to do voices and everything. And I was shitty at it, but the interest is still there. You know, and then trying to figure out how I can take stuff interest like that and apply it to what I do today, which is, you know, anything we're doing, um, even if it's just recognizing those who are more talented at it than me yeah. and then giving them a platform to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? You, you, you do have a heart of a facilitator. Uh, you seem to not care that you're in the limelight or not. And we, we were talking about uh, some of your future ideas and, and it takes those people. I, I was talking to uh, my friend Nolan Overton the other day and for some reason i thought you were going to say nolan north <laughs> oh no that'd be cool i was talking to my buddy nolan north the other day and so no nolan uh he was he does uh, wordpress coding and website coding and and all kind of other stuff like that and i can't remember exactly what he said but basically it was all i ever want to do is make this back end work that's my magic i never want to be in the limelight and i just took a breath and a moment was like that's beautiful and amazing because that's what we need because i always want to be in the limelight i always want to be in front of people i'm great at production i'm great at pushing stuff from behind the scenes and making magic happen that people see but mm -hmm. everybody has a role in life to play and people like me right. need people like him who's like no 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 you go do that and i want to make sure you're good over here and right and, um and you but you have no problems and see that's a good leader too you have no problems being in front of people and giving addresses and talking to people and saying, no, guys, this is what we need to do next and, and changing things up. Because that's the other problem is people who are good at facilitating, right? But they're bad at speaking or they're afraid of being in front of people. And let me just stop right here and say, I don't think anybody's bad at anything. I think everybody tells themselves I'm horrible at it because you can right. do anything. Now, are you the best at it? That's, all, that's different. Being the best right. at something is way different than being bad at something. Do you want to be in front of 3,000 people at Dragon Con, running things, maybe, maybe not. But could you? Yes. But are you more comfortable doing? Hey, I built the whole behind the scenes. You know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But we learn so much. anything is everything, dude. And I know there's that phrase, "How you do anything is how you do everything," uh, which is not the same thing. That to me is like a um, practice. How you practicing? Well, if I'm going to be lazy and setting up mm -hmm. this interview. I'm going to be lazy when somebody gives me Nolan North to talk to, right? Right. You know, it's, 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 that's the, how you do anything. But when I say anything is everything and everything is anything, it's, I was a great paramedic for the same reason I'm good at being the digital media Dragon Con director. And I'm good at being uh, an interview person. And I'm good at walking into a room of college students and teaching them how to podcast and, and, or, or you're answering medical questions about, uh, your EMTs in school is because it all like you're basically, I think it's what you're saying. It all comes together and yes. you get stuff set in your path that, that like you learn that skill all of a sudden, two years later, I, you're, you're a cool dude, man. You, you go, you, you, just, you. Take, you just take life. <laughs> Have you ever been, here's how I see you right now. You just, you go, Oh, sure. I'll try that. I'll look at that. You just take life and steps. Everything happens. I'll try anything once. Yeah. Were you, oh, Hey baby. Uh, were you ever a rage monster? <laughs> I mean, do you ever, did you ever have a time when you I used to be fights and ra okay? Tell me about that. I used to be. No, that was I was a that was a very 
interesting time back in the growing up. Um, I, I was I was the oldest kid, so being the oldest kid, you tend to have to be responsible for your younger ones, and sometimes that leads to, especially in you know back in Nigeria, there was a there were times when we had. Um, well, I would, I mean, I'd win every fight because I'm the oldest, right? Because <laughs> you're bigger than everybody else. Yeah. And I had, a, I had two siblings, but I had a cousin come visit and she was um, older than me by two years. And we butted heads because she tended to want to hang out with people I hung out with. Like, you're two years older than me, but you want to hang with me and my, my friends, but you want to yeah. treat me like shit at home. And then hang out yeah, with the yeah, same yeah. people that are my friends. So we just, we butt head a lot. So it led me down a path of just, that was probably the one time in my life I'd say I was able to admit to myself I had anger. And I would demonstrate that, like I, I punched through holes through doors and stuff yeah, because yeah, I couldn't touch her because, you know, the situation back home was simple. You know, you were, you were raised to be uh, chivalrous, so to speak, and just, you don't touch a girl, you don't, Get into fights with girls. I'm okay, great, but that door is going to suffer for your stupidity. <laughs> so that was the kind of person I was. But at the same time, over time, I also noticed that I did have anger. I did have anger to people and just would react to things and respond. And it took me, it wasn't until I was properly in my 20s that I learned that I think it was Warren Buffett who said, You can always call someone an asshole later. You know, yeah. you can always express your anger later. You don't have to react in the moment. I learned to take my initial, you know, whatever happened right then and just stop. Just, just take a moment, just pause and internalize it and then feedback, give back a response. So I went from reacting to responding. And that for me became the definitive point where today at my place of work, like somebody actually asked a question, does Jake ever, ever get, get angry? Like, how does he, because I don't, they never see the anger. And it's not because I'm dealing with it in an unhealthy way. I just learned to process it, take it in, distill it, process it, identify as much as I can why it's happening. Um, and then give something that the public can deal with better. You know, so that's where that's coming from. Um, having said that, um, I also started trying to focus recently, started thinking about anger differently. Like, I've, 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 for example, you look at people like athletes who typically talk about how, like, especially now we're all watching The Last Dance from Michael, Michael Jordan's uh, documentary. I don't know if you are, but I am. And um, there, he, there's times when you would see, and even interviews I've seen after that, he'd say stuff like, this happened, and he would take that anger and use it to motivate himself. And I started wondering if my mm -hmm. lack of anger for the last 15 years has held me back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, know like, you gotta wonder sometimes, right? Yeah, like, am I not angry enough? Am I not driven because of that? Because I'm really not as driven as I used to be because I'm no longer as angry as I used to be. I'm not as, yeah, you know, I'm not chasing after things. Sometimes. Yes. Not that you have to be so, angry, but you can be uncomfortable, right. right? Right. The question for me now is, am I complacent? Am I in a position where I'm not really challenging myself? Are people, is everything I'm doing because of other people? Like who's the, because I can point to so many new things I'm doing in every single case, the trigger has been somebody else. It's been external. And that's why I'm asking myself questions like, you know, Am I, am I missing out on so many things in life because I'm not initiating stuff, because I'm not starting stuff? 
And like, even when I started Niger Nerds, and by started, I mean, you know, talk to other guys and say, hey, we can probably do the Niger Nerds thing together. And then we kicked it off. Um, it was because there were things that I wanted to talk about, you know, using uh, through the platform of um, the Nerds work. And I noticed all these other guys who were talking about this stuff together in a little Facebook group. I'm like, guys, yeah. you guys can put all this stuff out in public. And they kept delaying. Finally, I said, you know what? Do it. Do it. They said, okay, how? And I said, okay, fine. I'm going to get it started. You jump on and do it. And I did. So even that was as a result of an external force, you know, somebody else saying, you know, yeah, we can't talk about this just yet. Or, you know, that's, I could tell this wasn't going to fit into the paradigm that we were shaping for something else. So, I guess what I'm trying to say, and long story short, is I question the rage monster's death. Like, I'm like, are you sure it was a good idea to kill that? <laughs> like, um, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I laughed when you, you talked about Michael Jordan took his anger and, and used it to motivate him. I had so much anger. My motivation was to burn the world down. I mean, it, it just was. It's like, <laughs> the world. And, and so there's. Joker, there's, is that you? But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Passion and anger, passion and rage are flip sides of the same coin, right? Love and hate, mm -hmm. flip sides of the same coin. You you truly can't hate somebody if you don't care about them at some mm -hmm. level. Ang so I, I, I lose my temper with my kids. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. But I, I have found, you know, anger is still just a bad thing to me because the way I handle it, the way it, it triggers the scars. But what I have found is not going, I think I should do this. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. I want to be like, that feels awesome. That's mm -hmm. what I'm going to act on. And now in the in the last couple, well, months, really, because I felt like I've lost myself in the last two years, to be honest. I mean, I, I, really? I got on a track where I needed to be. I'm learning things. But you're talking about um, America is a place of, of you can find you can find a groove and just stay there and make enough money and you'd be okay. And I got into this groove where I have so many talents and I shine at so many things. And I'm like you. I'm not just going to let something lie. I feel like I have to make things better everywhere I go. And so right. I was doing all the stuff I didn't want to do that was wasting my energy and I'm feeling drained and tired. And the thing I did want to do over here is not moving. It's not going anywhere or it's moving very slowly. And it became those, those weeks and months of, you know how the generic term is, oh, thank God it's Friday. Here's the weekend. I hate that mentality in myself. But it became that as like, oh man, it's Wednesday night. I get to record for an hour and I get one hour. Well, I mean, I'm happy with my family. Don't get, I mean, there's ups and downs with the family. Yeah. I'm, I'm referring only to work. And then when I say this, oh, I get my one hour of happiness, my two hour of happiness, you know, Thursday night, I get a couple hours of happiness, but then I got to work over here. And, you know, and I realize I'm losing myself and that you're, you talked about losing your anger and maybe that changed you. Mine was ego. And yeah, you know, I, do, I have confidence and yeah, I, I put myself out there. But when I talk about I had an ego, Dude, I'd walk into a room, see something that, let's say you were doing wrong, and just bluntly just break it down like a shotgun. And very, very little tact. I wasn't rude. I didn't cuss you out or anything. But like, no, I blah, blah, blah. and I'm right, but it's like, okay, you're right, but did you really have to hit me with the baseball bat of rightness? You know? Right. And so as I dealt with my anger, it was tied to that. And I just, part of my, because part of my defense from being angry was not caring, literally not caring what anybody thought or said. I'm going to be King Dingling and screw you guys. Mm -hmm. And right. as I dealt with the anger, that went with it to where I was start overthinking about what people thought and worried about things. And, and I finally kind of came back to, no, I don't care. 
I'm going to do this. And I actually, had a, I actually had a blunt conversation with the guy who employs me now uh, in the educational field. And, right. and this is, I told this a couple of times, this is funny to me because we've had some really blunt face-to-face hard conversations of, I just, I'm not saying I want to quit, but I don't want to do any of that. My, my baby's dying. My media, my dream, my heart over here is dying. I need to put my energy into that. And whatever that means. And so he goes, we had this talk. He goes, I, I, and I done, I've done all these things that he's listening off. He goes, I, I don't think you, you want to be in finance. I went, Nope. <laughs> I guess I don't think just that loud. Ding, I mean, ding, I'm, ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. I mean, I'm like I'm normal space from another human being sitting on, you know, I'm on the couch in the chair and I'm just that loud. Cause I don't, I don't think you, I don't, he wasn't laughing. I don't think you want to do, uh, I don't think you want to clean the school because we were all supposed to chip in. I was like, nope. He goes, I don't think you want to uh, do admissions. I went, nope. He goes, uh, I think you kind of, I goes, I want to be a rock star and I'm not going to make any apologies about it. So however that fits in your plan, I'm good with it. Maybe you need some messy style, but everything I'm doing is going to be my style from now on. And he just sat back and I'm like, I just, I just felt so free in that moment. It's like, no, yeah. I want to be a rock star, man. No, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to kowtow to a parent or a student. Because honestly, Jay, man, somebody, okay, here's one that you'll relate to. I, I use this, actually, I use this reference in another interview that I did for the show. And uh, it's, it's, I'm in podcast groups and nothing gets me off harder, like mad. And nothing sets me off, I guess you say. Nothing sets me off more than seeing somebody come into a podcast group and go, I want to start a podcast. What should I talk about? <laughs> and when I've let life build up on me, when I hashtag a winner, winner, chicken dinner, all one phrase, that's me saying this is in all anger on you, but look here, dummy. And it's some form of yeah. you're stupid. Get out. Are you serious? What's wrong with you? If you don't know what you're going to talk about, why the hell are you even here? You know, and that's, right. that's the old me, but so there needs to be some tact, right? Right. But, but that's, that's something we've like, learned. Like, be angry, but don't be an asshole. <laughs> then they say, I gotta be an asshole. I just don't can't be angry about it. There's a whole, you know, different feel. Because I am an asshole. It is not, who I am. I it mean, is not lost on me right now that you've got the angry bird on your uh, on your microphone. <laughs> 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 angry bird on your microphone. Listen, uh, I, I, I can relate to that because I used to be the guy who suffered. Like, I have a very good friend of mine that we... We've been friends for like literally since I was, I'd probably say 30, over 30 years now. And he tells a story of how we were in, in what would probably be um, elementary school. And he was asking me questions in class. Like we were about to have a test. He asked me questions and he said, I turned and gave him a look, a look that would have, you know, burned right through steel. It was like, are you seriously asking me such a dumb question right now? Like even at that age, I could barely tolerate stupid questions. Like if I, if I, if I, under, if I thought something was super basic and had been explained to all of us and you're asking about it, I'm like, my whole thing was, why are you asking me this? Yeah. And I couldn't relate to people who ask dumb questions. So it, it, it took a while for me to realize that, people really, really see the world differently than I do. And sometimes what I'm hearing is not what they're hearing, even though I thought I heard the same thing as you. And as that relates to, for example, parenting, Mm -hmm. one of the more interesting things about parenting is learning to see that my kids see the world differently. They, they, They perceive things differently. Like in classes, like, you know, we'll watch an educational video. My daughter might ask a question. I'm like, you didn't get that? Really? And I also see my son 
he might pick up on that exact thing, you know? Right. So there's things that she picks up on real quick that he doesn't, and she picks up on things real quick that he, do, he doesn't. And I'm trying to figure out where their strengths lie. Like, okay, so where's, what's your strength? Where are you at in, in this, in, in, in life? And then that's part of being a parent is how do you guide them? And I think, the correlation of that to just what we do, whether it's podcasting or just facilitating or anything else is you got to team building involves recognizing strengths. Like, okay, you want to be a rock star. Great. How can I use a rock star? <laughs> Where do I fit the rock star mentality into what we do? Because I got to figure out how to use you in a way that gives you the shine, but gets me the results I want, yeah. you yeah. know, and that can be hard to do. It's one of the, the things about being a coach, a team leader, um, any of these roles is figuring out how to get the best out of all the different parts that you have, that life has dealt you. And that's kind of why my statement about learning to not fail at failure is how do I take everything that I've been given and not say this is useless? There where you can go. I use it? Yeah. How can I, useful. how can I, right. Where can I plug this? Well, back to your statement, you know, anything is everything. Everything is anything. How do I, plug this in where does this fit you know like every like life is like lego blocks where do i plug this in where do i yeah. put this in oh i can't use this now put it on the shelf eventually i'm gonna be like i got just a part for that yeah boom there plug it go. in yeah. that's really what i'm trying to do with my life right now and the best part of that for me i think is the satisfaction that comes when you see that work you know, like, oh, my God, this actually worked out great. You know, that's fantastic. Um, but trying to figure out where everything fits in for me is my biggest challenge today. And I'm just doing the best I can not to feel it that, man. <laughs> because, because there's so many people uh, counting on you for your immediate family to other people who you've made the mistake of sparking their interest in your initiative. Like, oh, let's do Niger. It's great. Nothing's happening. Uh, Jay, are we doing this? Come on, Nuru, let's make this happen. Yes, I know. I said I come up with a plan for this. Give me a month. I'll yeah, get back yeah, to you. you know, that's everything in its own time, right? Everything will come at the right time, the right place. But you have to make time sometimes. Um, Ooh, make it's, time. It's new. Ha yeah. It's new habits, you know. But the new mm -hmm. habits. I'm the publisher, editor, and publisher of this show. So right. the new habits trying to find what works for me to get everything ready to drop on those times. And I'm trying different things. So I have to make time because in my habits, I haven't set time to edit something. I had one time to edit and to be done with it. Right. That's easy to do. But when I'm editing four things and publishing, even though they're smaller, and a lot faster to do it, I'll forget. And that's what I mean by make time is see if this resonates with you, man. It feels like, when you let something sit in the back of your brain, you're talking about coming up with a plan for Niger Nerds. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. The more you say I'm going to get to it, the longer it seems that's going to take. Like, oh, man, this plan is going to take forever. But what I have found to be true is once I finally go, okay, I'm going to tackle this beast, all of a sudden it's a, well, that, seriously, 10 minutes? And I got a plan and it resonated off of You lied to yourself. No time. Now you just choose to fill it with something else. So when you're talking about making your plan, you also have to learn to multitask, which means maybe sitting down with the wife while she's watching, you know, Housewives of Nigeria or whatever. And you're, <laughs> my wife watches all the Housewives, whatever, you know. But yeah, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. And you're you're on your computer, roughing out some ideas or something, right? You know, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, 
<laughs> I I probably need to get off the PlayStation, <laughs> get some stuff ah, done. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that's holding me back in in terms of uh, actually making some move, uh, movement, taking you know, some get, getting some momentum going. Um, the other thing is also a sense of frustration with, and this has happened to me recently, I think, but I'm I'm, I'm working through it. A sense of frustration with the things that are in front of me to do and not knowing what's going to work like there's a sense of what do i do how do we do this and because like take for example um the nurse from work we've been doing that for three years now it's amazing just to think about the fact that we've gone on that long and it's been great like it's something we enjoy doing and everything but <clears throat> there's times when you realize that there's a need for some other spinoff like now with the uh, dungeons and day drinkers which is a great show that the team is doing but i'm not involved in that i just listen to it because of the fact that I fall asleep during every time we try to do record D and D stuff because I, I joined. They wanted yeah. me involved. Jason went off. Jason did so many great things to get me involved. Had me over to his house that we do it together. Actually, gave me a great gift of you know this cool card box with dice in it. Oh, and I was like, I was there, man. And I just kept falling. Like, man, I just can't get into this. Yeah. I'm sorry. And being true to who you are was also key to that. But with the Niger nerds, I didn't want to be the initiator. I wanted to be a facilitator but also kind of harness other people's genius. But then lightning wasn't happening, and then they wanted me to come up with every idea. So that became a challenge. So multitasking is one thing. Delegating is another thing. I guess the real issue for me now, I'm at a point where it's like, I need to find that next step. And, you know, may, I, I don't know if I can just, can you force people to come up with ideas? Like, hey, what do you want to do about this? What's the, how do yeah. you guys brainstorm new ways to do things, you know? So I just, because no one was taking that step and also um, everything with the lockdown just became an excuse. I just kind of pulled back from a lot of things. And I think I'm trying to let myself recharge and let the ideas just marinate and then see what comes from that. Man, I got so many more things I could talk to you about and ask you. And we'll have to do a whole nother season where we come back. I mean, parenting, (laughs) creativity. I mean, yeah, you can. Either you can force them to get ideas on their own and get those juices flowing, or they're out. I mean, there's, there's, mm-hmm. it's not as simple as that. It really isn't, but yeah. Uh, but no. the last thing I like to ask everybody, I know it's a little off, but you know, I want you to really think about it. Is you know, you're independently wealthy. Money is no issue. What would you do if you didn't have to worry about making money? What's the future hold for, for Jay? Oh wow, 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 wow. Oh god, that would be. Um... <laughs> I'd probably want to be Oprah. <laughs> interesting, that. You brought, that, yeah. interesting that you brought that up because right now she's got the O empire, right? The whole, yeah. she facilitates so many people's media dreams and giving artists expression and giving all these people a chance to be expressing themselves. But she's also massively charitable and doing all this stuff to change the world. While at the same time, every time she feels like it, she can have a great conversation and let people know about this interesting person she talks about or she met. Mm-hmm. And she also can also sometimes just focus on the book. Like, hey, this is a great book. Yeah, This can help you guys. This is great. I want to give this person a push. You all should pay attention to this. So that would be what I'd love to do. Like, I'd actually love to be that person. So I'm not so much the person who, like, even though I say I want to be a great number two, doesn't mean I want to be out of the limelight. Like, I don't mind being in the limelight as much as I mind um, just not getting stuff done, right? So if, 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 if ducking out of the limelight means I can go behind the scenes to make things happen, great. But then I want to finish it, get it started, take over, and then run back out there so we can kind of have the conversation we were having. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
that would probably be it. If I had the means and the ability, I, I'd plumb the depths of Africa depths i plumb africa plumb nigeria for all the talent that needs to be spoke seen and, and put out there and just create a platform where all of this can just run you know and just tell great stories have people doing cool stuff and just blow people's minds up with some of the stuff i've seen people do in private that i think should be seen in public you yeah. know what i mean i do i absolutely know what you mean like a lot of people have noticed, you've seen this a lot, I'm sure. Everybody's doing live shows now, live stuff on Instagram. There's everybody doing some sort of live interview with somebody else and starting something. I mean, even Tyson, Mike Tyson is doing a thing now. Will Smith's doing a thing on. on um, he yeah, all that will it. go away when their jobs come back. Right. But who knows? They might not because that's the other thing, wow. right? A lot of these people at that level. But I guess what I'm saying is it makes me think to myself that I should probably um refocus some of what we're doing for, um for some of these platforms in a new way and that's where this is i'm probably gonna just leave yeah. the answer to that question at that like i'm trying to figure out how to adapt some of the things i want to do and position for um, the future but at the same time do it in a way that who knows it could turn into the thing i, I do all the time and pays the bills Thanks yeah so i get you man and, and to that thing about the live when when and i do believe you know when the will smiths and the mike tyson's get busy again because their life stays busy they'll be creating in those other outlets but they have fed the water they've chummed the waters if you will they've gotten everybody eating off of this little bit live instagram interview thing and then when they leave it's going to leave a huge gap and if you jump in there then, then it's like, i need something else somebody who talks about blah and then there you are you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take over the spot. Take over the Smith spot. Who knows? <laughs> it's only if it's right for you. You know that's the that's the key. <sighs> but yeah, I I got to stop here. Uh, so where can they find you on the web, man? Y'all can find me at my personal Instagram and Twitter handle is Nuru the Nerd Guru. Um, you can also find me. I'm part of the eclectic group known as the nurse from work at the nurse from work.com. And um, I'm also part of another group, which is called the Niger nerds. You can find us at nigernerds.com. And um, if you catch me in any one of these places, I'd be more than happy to engage in conversation and hopefully uh, spark something that stands the test of time. I'm a builder. I want to see what we can build. So hit me up. There you go, man. I appreciate you sitting around and uh, and yakking with me. And uh, well, I definitely got more. I got more. I got to ask you later on. Anytime. Anytime. Always. Always a pleasure, man. I told you. I told you you were going to love the story. I told you it was amazing. This, this was such a great... Every conversation I have is great on this show. And what was great about this one is he talked his way into what he wanted he just, nothing in his mind said, no, you can't do that. Nothing stopped him. He just went and said, hey, I want this. Let me keep talking to somebody until I get what I want. And he talked his way into everything he has wanted. It is it is great. I love, because I knew I wanted every aspect of life to come out in some of these episodes and the fatherhood aspect here. The two of us getting on it, the parenting advice, stay on your journey. Do what it takes to embolden that journey embolden empower finance your journey but stay on your journey you know the question does come up as i listen back to this to get the the afterthoughts here can you do anything 
you know what i used to teach that i used to preach that yeah you can do anything you set your mind to but reality is you can do a lot more than you think you can do and you can do anything that falls on your path that gets you where you can go so kind of yes it's a qualified yes you can do anything if it's right for you and last thing i want to pull out of this whole conversation is always be learning and adjusting your game plan be flexible have the target in mind when you start. I mean, that's basic entrepreneurship 101, right? Know the end. Have the sellout, the exit strategy in mind when you start your business. On your journey, whatever your journey is, always be learning and adjusting your game plan. Have the target in mind and let it, let it be fuzzy. Let it clarify as you get closer and closer and closer. Thank you for listening. As you know, you can find all this stuff. I'm about to drop in the plug here. So stay tuned, find out more of my stuff, and let me know what you think and what questions you want to hear from Jay and any of the other guests on the show. I am Charles McFall, and you can find everything I do over at charlesmcfall.com. Thank you for being a part of this moment in my life and creating this with me, even just by listening. We all are connected, and it all matters. Thank you for being here.